Thunder Nerds are go. Bells ring, are you listening? In the air, snow is glistening. We sing a love song as we walk along, walking in a winter wonderland. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back, Thunder Nerds. It's good to be back. Um, goodness me, we've had the Church on Ruby Road premiere on Disney Plus. And guess what? Um, I thought it was really good, to be honest. Um, after the specials, I was a little bit worried, maybe. Just a little, just a tad worried. Because uh, I just thought by the end of special three that it was a little bit, for me at least, so I'm just moving things around, a little bit lackluster. And I was just worried that that this new Russell T Davies era might um might not be what I gassed it up to be in my own mind, you know. And thankfully, I would say overall for me, right? Um I would say that this was the best special, I think. I think. Look, it's it's fresh in my brain. I've seen it twice now since it came out. And I think I would say it was the best of the specials that we've gotten. Um, For clarity, if you are listening in the UK, um, where you would get it on Disney+, Plus. Oh, sorry, you would get it on BBC iPlayer. For the rest of the world, we're obviously getting it on Disney+, Plus, and they've labelled it, I think, a little bit differently to how BBC iPlayer has uh, labelled it, right? I think they're labelled on iPlayer as um, they're all just under the banner of Doctor Who, maybe, and on Disney+, Plus, um, Special 1, 2, 3, and, and this is Special 4 is how they've been labelled. And I think they've also been, they've now gotten like a, their own like Doctor Who category kind of like um, collections thing on Disney Plus. I saw someone saying something about that. So it seems like they'll add, you know, all the new Doctor Who seasons that come through from the Disney Plus era onto there. I'm guessing, and probably the spin-offs that we're anticipating to come through will will land in there as well in the world of Doctor Who. Um, I kind of you know maybe selfishly wanted to see Doctor Who have its own banner up the top of Disney+. Plus. Um, that might not happen, though, but that, that's what I wanted in any case. It'd be interesting to see now that the Shooty Gatwa era is well and truly underway. Um, it'll be interesting to see, like, what they do with... Um, promotion on their side because I know Russell said in the SFX preview for the specials that um that Disney's big push would come with you know the first Gatwa season now they did ramp it up a little bit over the last couple of weeks this was still just a special mind you though so I'm really interested to see what they do promotion wise as we get closer to May because we're getting the new series in May it sounds like now it says at the end of Church on Ruby Road 
in the credits that it would be spring 2024. That is a wider window of time of when it could actually premiere, but I think it was Disney Plus that gave the game away and said May, and then I think May was also, from what I hear, mentioned in the um, Doctor Who Unleashed for the Churchill Ruby Road, which I haven't got my hands on yet. And I must say... It's a little bit annoying um, trying to find all these things. I wanted to watch the Russell T Davies documentary that was done and on iPlayer, and then I wanted to watch, as I as I always do, I want to watch the full, um, you know, uh, full episodes of these Doctor Who Unleashed, and I find them very difficult to find, not being in the UK. So, in any case, um, I'll find them somehow, or I'm not, I'm not sure, but. You know, I'm sure I'll get the, the the box sets eventually, and then I'll I'll have them all. I suppose um, not just as little clips, but their full episodes in their entirety. I'll, I'll I'll have them on the special features. I'm I'm guessing, but yeah, just anyway. Kind of wish that I uh, yeah had that. So in any case, we press on. We press on. Um, the Church on Ruby Road. Yes, seen it twice now. Like I said. Um, Josh isn't here, of course, uh, he is still in, uh, the Big Apple, and, um, yeah, just difficult to align the times, unfortunately, but we, you know, I want to get the schedule back up and running in the new year with our retrospectives of Star Trek and Doctor Who, so stay tuned, we'll try and get that up and running in the background, but until then, let's just talk about this one that we've got today, so we've got the church on Ruby Road. Right, now Josh has seen it as well. I've got some of his thoughts here. Well, very, very briefly. I can go through some of the things that he was saying as he was watching it. Um, High Level, like I said, might be the best special um, if any of the other four specials, or or other three, sorry, were to contend with this. It would be Wild Blue Yonder. Like, absolutely is the other special that would contend for the top spot of these four specials for me. Um... I would say Starbeast was my least favourite overall, then The Giggle, and then probably Wild Blue Yonder would be second, I think. Look, Wild Blue Yonder is definitely the Doctor Who that I prefer. So when I, what do I mean by that? Um, I mean that the tone and the style of Wild Blue Yonder, the kind of horror elements, the sci-fi elements, the existential kind of crisis of... Um, of being in deep space, that they're all, and just the ideas that it raises, that a lot of that is is my Doctor Who. That's what I love in Doctor Who, right? So is it, you could you could easily I could easily say that's my favourite special, but I think that to be honest, oh man, I was just really impressed by Trudy Gatwa. I really was. Um, I just thought he was phenomenal. Actually, I thought that, and and I did have. Well, no, I thought he was going to be very good. I really did think it was going to be very good. Actually, I I I enjoyed his his scenes um, in in the giggle personally, um, and I had high hopes for him. But uh, yeah, he he exceeded all of my expectations. I, I I guess I just had a couple of reservations. Like for instance, and maybe other fans did as well. Like the clubbing scene in the trailers. Um, that had me a little bit reserved when I saw that. I, I wasn't sure what to make of that. Um, the Goblin song, um, I was a bit reserved about as well. Um, after seeing it, you know, uh, 
on YouTube early when they released it, of course. Um, so I had a few reservations and, and I just, I did wonder, are we about to stumble before we even cross the starting line with this new era? That, that, that did cross my mind personally. And I, and I was a little bit worried about that. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I really did. And I think we just get, we'll just get straight into it. I'm not going to break this down beat for beat, but you know, I'll, I'll give you the, also, if you haven't seen this, I mean, go watch it before you, you listen to this, because we'll get into spoilers here and, and talk about some things. We've actually got some very interesting things to talk about, um, at the end that I might include in this podcast, actually, uh, that I, that I thought in any case was, was, was very interesting. So there'll be potentially huge spoilers for the next season of Doctor Who, like series one or season one, I think they're calling it. So just keep that in mind. Um, I will put another precursor at the end. Should I go into those in this episode? Um, yeah. So let's have a look. Church on Ruby Road. Uh, directed by Mark Tonderai. Now, as far as I know, now I could be wrong about this. I, I think the only other story he's directed. No, no, no. Sorry, he did direct two. I'm pretty sure. I think he directed Rosa as well as the Ghost Monument. I think. Um, but yes, Mark Tonderai's back, right? And I thought he did a phenomenal job with this story. To be honest, it's written by Russell T Davies, of course, starring Shudi Gatwa and Millie Gibson. Oh, that. That sounds so cool to say. Um, we've waited so long to see them in action, but uh, here they are in all their glory. Um, broadcast, of course, Christmas Day. Episode synopsis for this one reads, uh, I've got this one from Disney+. Plus. Long ago on Christmas Eve, a baby was abandoned in the snow. Today, Ruby Sunday meets the Doctor, Goblins, Stolen Babies, and perhaps the secret of her birth. Um... So, let's talk about how it opens. Uh, it opens with the kind of Carol, um, Carol of the Bells, I think it's called, music playing, and there's a narration by, by Shudi Gatwa, um, and it, and it, and it's very serviceable as a, as a pre-title sequence as he steps out and he, he kind of sees the baby being delivered, like this is little Ruby on, on Ruby Road being delivered on Christmas Eve. Um, and it's a very serviceable um, pre-title sequence. I think it hooks you enough to get you interested in what's going on. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, interesting thing to note, and like I said, if you haven't seen it, please um, go away and then and then and then come back, I suppose, and uh, listen to this once you've seen it. Um, Interesting thing to note is that, and I only thought about it on my second viewing, actually, and, and I'm not sure if Josh picked up on this, but I thought it was really interesting. In the pre-title sequence, the Doctor steps out and he sees um, Ruby being delivered to the to the front steps of the church by this, this kind of hooded figure, and... Um, He's he's crying, and 
perhaps it was just a dramatic effect, maybe. Um, maybe I saw it wrong. Is another is another thing, but when he returns later in the story um, to to you know fix the timelines uh, that the goblins have kind of have put wrong, right? When he steps out and we see that moment again, he is not crying, and it's interesting because it was all it was kind of done in those close ups and whatnot, and and. So you either got dramatic effect, and then they just decided to use a different take, perhaps? Continuity error? Or the other option is that that Doctor from the pre-title sequence has been inserted in there, but that's not the same Doctor from later on in the story, or at least not in his timeline. It's not the same Doctor, maybe a later Doctor. Maybe a doctor who knows more, perhaps. I mean, it kind of has shades of um, Doctor Who Series 5. Um, and, you know, f- fans that have seen Series 5 will know what I'm what I'm talking about. I'll try not to give too much away, but the, the continuity error that uh, a lot of us believed to be there at the time turned out not to be a continuity error. With, it involved Matt Smith in a jacket. Um, that's all I'll really say about that, um, but it turned out it was not a continuity error, and it uh, it absolutely played a vital role um, later on in that series, and I do wonder if this is a similar thing that Russell T. Davies is, um, is cooking up for us, maybe, because we know um, he's confirmed that we'll be going back to that church, and we'll be going back to... Um, you know, this kind of, like, who is, who, who is Ruby's mother, and this whole mystery will play out, and who, who, who are her parents, this, this mystery will play out, um, throughout the next season, um, and so I wonder if that Doctor knows more in the pre-title sequence, and it's a different Doctor from what we see later on the story, but anyway, time will tell, it always does, as I always say, um, now, what else can we talk about, well, when we when we cut from the from the title sequence, uh, like the the sorry that that pre-title sequence into the actual titles of the story, um, it is the same as specials one to three, and I I just didn't like that personally. I know I said that I wouldn't mind if the same theme stuck around, the same titles stuck around, and whatnot. But actually seeing it happen, it just didn't sit right with me, um, personally. I just, I just, I feel like, you know, Tennant got the, the cool new TARDIS before Shooty Gatwa got it. Um, Tennant got the new title sequence and the new theme tune before Shooty Gatwa got it. Yeah, I just, and I guess I should have known that they were going to keep it because we had that whole, like, Russell saying, oh, you know, we filmed Millie and, and, um, and Shooty, like, the whole hanging out the TARDIS thing, we did it with Catherine and David, so maybe you could have picked it up from there, but I had kind of just hoped that, and, I, and, and look, Russell has also said that they will look to, you know, finesse things and change things and whatnot down the track, I think they mentioned that, so maybe it'll be different when his first season comes along, but it just felt a bit, well, it's just, I, and look, I know it's the same, 
I know that like that means there would have been only been one title sequence with three episodes, but I don't know. The the new title sequence to me, it feels very like it feels I really like it, but it feels very like a homage to the first Russell T Davies era, and I, and I kind of thought that an updated homage worked for the 60th anniversary specials where David Tennant was running the show, and the music sounds like it's very influenced by that version of the theme as well. Um, and so I thought it would be nice for Gatwood to have his own. Now, a friend of mine did point out, which I hadn't actually really thought of, that that you know Tennant when he became the Doctor. Yeah, um, in, in the Christmas Invasion, he kept Christopher Eccleston's titles and whatnot. Nothing changed there. And so I hadn't really thought about that, to be honest. And so, you know, he set the precedent, Russell, for, for doing, to having done this before. But I just think Gower deserved his own unique version of the theme tune, unique version of the title sequence. Hopefully it does change down the track. Tardis I can I can accept, but even, you know I it was just personal yeah, I don't know. That just I just didn't love that with the titles. But anyway, going past that, really cool seeing Shooty Gat wearing all these different like um outfits. Like we see him in um we see him in the club, right. We see him in the club like wearing a shirt and a kilt, which is a bit of a homage to, like, Shooty Gatwa being Scottish uh, as well. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Um, and then we see him in, obviously, his, his leather kind of jacket, um, and his shirt and his and his shoes and whatnot. I I think that that will likely, or my feeling or intuition anyway, says that that will be his classic Doctor look. Like if you were to put, you know, silhouettes of all the Doctors and what they wear and whatnot, and um, I I feel like that would be his classic outfit. Um, so that was really cool to see. I thought. Um, we saw the outfit that he was announced like that because that, remember back when they they announced his costume it was late last year i think they announced his costume he, he had a costume that we've never really seen in any filming photos that i can recall and I, and i did think that was interesting that that was the outfit they chose to reveal back then because you know in hindsight you might go oh, it's going to be on set like so they'll they'll reveal it and then you know that'll be his outfit and they revealed the look yet i don't recall any filming photos where we saw that look on set and so, and, and and the one that we did see on set um, you know, church images and stuff like that when they were doing all the filming around the church was the outfit that looks to be his main outfit. And that's been the one predominantly that's been on all the front covers of, you know, magazines and um, 
Doctor Who magazine, this and that, like, and 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 promo images. That's been the outfit. You know, is that just because it's the predominant outfit he wears in the Church on Ruby Road, or will that be his classic look? I, I would I would say that that looks to me that that leather jacket of his to be his classic Doctor look, and then he will have variants and completely different outfits from there. But that'll be a classic, maybe mainstay that he'll come back to every now and then. But Anyway, just that's interesting. But he looked great in the hat, though. Like, really cool in the hat. Um, and I'd love to see that hat m- more, to be honest. I just thought he looked sick in it. Um, so, yeah. Pretty pretty cool to see that. Now, we, we get another scene where... And this is all, by the way, like um, taking place while while he's kind of keeping tabs on Ruby, isn't he? kind of t- keeping, like, an eye on her. He's noticed coincidences around her. He's taken a liking to her. Now he's kind of keeping tabs on her. It's a little bit, well, you could almost say it's a little bit stalkery, to be honest. A bit like, okay, Doctor, you're getting a bit weird. But anyway, he's doing that. We'd seen before this uh, Ruby with Davina McCall, I think her name is, um, which, I, I, to be honest, I don't know who this person is. I think she had something to do with Big Brother or something in the UK. I think she was the voice, actually, of the Big Brother house robot voice in Doctor Who Series 1 with Christopher Eccleston in Bad Wolf, which is interesting. Um, Yeah, don't really know much about her, but we, 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 we gather that she's been having bad luck, okay? Now, it's worth noting at this point as well, um, all the leaks were true. All the leaks were true. Everything was absolutely spot on with the Christmas special leak. We're going to get to that later because I've got some interesting things I want to talk about um, regarding, you know, the future and and, and um, some other things that we've heard. Uh, but we'll get to that soon, right? Um, so, yeah, we, we get another scene where the Doctor... Um, and I, I want to mention this this scene in particular for one, for two key reasons. Uh, first first reason I want to mention this, and I'll tell you what the scene is. It's the scene where um, the Doctor is on the street and the snowman kind of falls. Now, and he kind of, you know, helps the woman out of the way and whatnot and um, gets Ruby through the traffic lights fine. Uh, what I thought was interesting about this is that I've heard since I've seen it now, and I, I actually, I really like this scene, right? I thought the Doctor's look in the scene with the kilt was sick, his yellow shirt was sick, his black leather jacket was sick. Like, I thought it was a great look on Gatwa. Now... What I want to mention that I thought was quite interesting about it is that I've since found out after seeing the scene that it was actually, well, I I knew that it was filmed later, and it was. It was only filmed a few months ago, like two to three months ago, as a pickup. So I knew that, right? I was surprised to see it here and how, how it played out here, knowing that. But the, the thing I was most interested in is, is we've now found out that this was a scene added at the request of Disney. Isn't that interesting? So, so certainly creative input, you know, more so than just, um, 
I don't know, like promotional stuff. Like where Disney are being shown the cuts and are properly having some input in what is then added, which I thought was quite interesting. Now, we've heard about this before. We heard, I think, that the season opener, I think it was maybe, um, for this new season coming, that Disney had requested they kind of, that Russell go back and and redo the opening, the pre-title sequence to make it in quotes or something as exciting as the rest of the pre-title sequences. So that, that is quite interesting. What does, what I wonder, let's stay tuned and see how that, that opening episode um, begins, if that's the case. I'm very interested to see like, what is in that story at the pre-title sequence that is them going, oh, that's, that to us is more exciting than what it was. Like, you know, we heard rumors for a bit that like, um, there was going to be stuff like they were dressing parts of like England up to, to be like Las Vegas. Is it that maybe there's moments that, that maybe there's a pre-title sequence set in Las Vegas or something in, in episode one? I'm not sure. As a quick time travel kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I have no idea really. I'm just completely speculating. But it's interesting to note that that scene in this story, the, uh, the Church on Ruby Road, where the snowman falls was added at the request of Disneyland, what was their specific request? Well, from what I gather, the the request was, we want to see more Shudigawa. You know, we want to see more of the Doctor. Uh, so there you go. We get the Doctor using the screwdriver. He kind of gets someone out of the way and then, you know, watches the, the taxi go and then goes. And, and what do we get in, in that episode now if people are tuning in here that haven't seen the show before this is their first story they're watching maybe who knows and it's intended as a reboot for the show similar to rose in 2005 well what do we get we get uh the doctor talking to the police officer saying name the doctor occupation not a doctor and um I think he 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 says address and points to the 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 TARDIS that's sitting in the background of the scene, and then um, what else happens? Points to the TARDIS. He also mentions at one point, you know, I want to go home, and he points to said TARDIS. So anyone who hasn't seen or knows nothing about Doctor Who, now at this point, early on knows that this guy's called the doctor his occupation though he's not a doctor and that his home is the weird blue box so that's interesting and then he gets into the blue box as well and goes which we saw at the start of the story but now we know it's his home as well which is quite interesting um then he does a bit of sherlockian kind of stuff and um deduces deduces which is kind of cool but moving on from that um Ruby's family are really cool. Cherry's awesome. Carla is great. They work really well. Um, Millie Gibson's just wonderful as... Uh, she's just wonderful. What can I say? As 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 Ruby Sunday. She really is. She's just effortlessly likable. 
in a very similar way to what Rose was back in the day. She, as Russell has mentioned, is a teenager. She's like 19 years old. Like, whereas, you know, when they cast Rose to play like an 18-year-old or Billy Piper, sorry, to play an 18-year-old, they they cast her and she was a bit older. Like, you're really getting a very authentic kind of portrayal of the teenager because she is a teenager still. Um, and she's kind of matured and, and growing up acting on sets like EastEnders, I think. And... Yeah, she's really good. She's just effortless in the role and, and very likable. And, and she's got great chemistry with Shudy Gatway. And it really feels like they're leaning into that kind of friendship um, thing with, with those two. And it works. And, um, you know, we learn that they're going to have a like baby into the family. Uh, like it's kind of an emergency kind of foster um, situation that's about to happen. They get the the baby and then it gets taken. There's a great scene on the rooftop um, where Shooty Gatwer is kind of running and not looking and jumping. And he's athletic and um, he, you know, he makes the huge jump over. We get the the kind of glove invention he's made, which I think I would I welcome that kind of stuff in this new era. Um. He's cool. He's cool in a way that Pertwee was cool. Like, he's a cool dude. And, you know, he has said before that his favourite Doctor, Judy, is Pertwee, I think. I think he said that. I think he said that his Doctor growing up was David Tennant. But I think he... He certainly... I, I, I know that at one point his phone lock screen had him, a, a fan kind of fan art of him and Pertwee together as the Doctors and then I know... And I've seen him post on his Instagram before of Pertwee. I know he thinks he looks drip in his outfits and, you know, who wouldn't think Pertwee looks drip in his outfits but it's cool to see that Shooty has good taste in, in Doctors because um, that... Like, I feel like Pertwee's way underrated. I mean, I know classic fans probably, like, we love him but... He's just unrated. Like, we're sleeping on Pertwee. He's freaking sick. Anyway, that's that's a whole different tangent that I could go on. But um, the gloves are really cool. They go to the Goblin ship. Now, let's talk about the... Uh, there's a scene that they, they've put in here where they're tied up together, right? And from what I gather, they threw this scene in or the, the way it's been written, like, again, I haven't seen these behind-the-scenes things, I've ju I'm just hearing bits and bobs around the place, I really want to see them, it's a bit annoying that I haven't, but I heard that, like, Russell made a deal of kind of chaining, like, Ruby and the Doctor to this uh, this pillar in, in, the, in the Goblin's ship, right? Um, because they couldn't see each other. And so he really wanted to make a, a thing of like for a, for a second where they really have to kind of work to catch each other's eyes while they're chained up on the, on two different sides of this kind of pillar thing. And I quite like that as they're getting to know each other, you know, for the first time and building this rapport. Um, the Doctor throughout the scene is showing kind of great uh, interest and enthusiasm for this new science that he's learning, this kind of language of, of luck, um, the science or the physics of luck or whatever it is that he kind of, that he kind of says, he's, he's really enjoying this and, you know, it, it's, it's clearly kind of, you know, 
dancing around that it's that it's quite whimsical and fantastical and fantasy-like, isn't it? But, you know, Russell has said that a character like the toy maker has paved the way now and and just relaxed the science fiction stuff a little bit to go, well, let's delve a little bit into fantasy with Doctor Who. And I don't really mind that, to be honest. That that doesn't really bother me at all. And, and I don't know if there are people out there that are going to, you know, go, oh, goblins in Doctor Who. That just doesn't bother me. And they, if anything, they work very well in this Christmas setting. Um, they don't do too much, really, the goblins. Um, but they don't do too much. Like, and the Goblin King, for that for that matter, doesn't do too much. But he, he doesn't do too much in, in, a, in a similar way to the nesting consciousness. Doesn't do too much in Rose. Um, sure, you get a few translated lines through Eccleston's dialogue um, where he's conversing with the Nestine, and you don't really get too much of that with the Goblin King, but it's not that much more in Rose, to be honest, and the monster is very much secondary to what's going on. So the Goblins, as a, as a Christmas villain on Christmas Day, work for me. Um, the scene... I love when he eventually gets them out and she's trying to get out the door and she's going, you know, if you could help me. And he's going, I am learning the language of rope. Like, it's just such a doctor line um, in a similar way to something like, you know, the doctor dances where, you know, Rose wants to dance and the doctor's kind of like, Rose, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to resonate concrete. Like, it's a very doctor thing to say. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn the language of rope. Uh, and then he gets them out. Now, let's talk about the Goblin song. Um, I'll say this. It's definitely not as bad as it was in isolation when they released the clip. I'll be honest. When I saw the clip release, I thought, oh, dear. Like, I was a bit worried about it. Um... I think it definitely works better in the context of the episode it's in. However, I still don't love it. Um, my biggest gripe with it is I just, I just don't think it's a very good song, really. That's my biggest gripe with it. I just don't think it's that big of a like a great of a song to 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 warrant what it's going for. I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean the doctor sings that was kind of cool. Like I thought Shooty Gap would kind of nailed that moment, but it was a little bit kind of bizarre. Like, I mean it was musical, wasn't it? It really was because. Then Ruby gets involved, and all of a sudden she's like rhyming and singing, like, and she's coming up with words that properly rhyme in the moment, and that's musical stuff. And I just, I can absolutely see them going for an entire musical episode, and I, and I just don't. I know that I think like Buffy did it, maybe. I think I've heard Star Trek may have done it at some point. I could be wrong, but like. I guess you're just running a risk with with a musical episode of 
and I, and I know Russell T Davies is very camp, but you are running a risk of maybe just losing people with that kind of thing. Um, if there's going to be a near entire musical episode in the next season, if they actually go for something like that, I'd imagine it'll be The Devil's Chord, episode two, with Jinx Monsoon and the Beatles. But I guess we will wait and see. Um, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, again, thought Judy kind of nailed that moment, but I just think I, I didn't love it. Um, it was probably the weakest part of the story to me, like by a country mile, really. That's, that's, that, that section that was released on YouTube was the weakest part of the story for me. Um, and then, you know, he uses the glove to get away. That was really cool. It goes back down. And, and this is where th- things are quite interesting, right? Because when he goes back down and he meets like Carla and Cherry, like, and he sees the, um, when he see, I really like when he sees the, the fridge and he sees this this big family that that Carl has fostered over the years and Cherry and whatnot and um and then when we get back into the room the doctor sees something like of himself in the child and and I I suppose I'm surprised really I mean the reviews the reviews had touched on this for for this story but I am surprised how much time Russell is kind of giving to the timeless child storyline that Chibnall you know came up with I honestly just I suppose I just expected for the most part this to be ignored I suppose yeah I did. I think I did. I think I just expected it to be washed over. The interesting thing is that we've had references to major Chris Chibnall era events in three of the four specials we've had so far by Russell. So the Star Beast doesn't mention anything. Wild Boo Yonder touches on the to- on the Timeless Child storyline and also Flux. And then the giggle again mentions flux um, during the toy makers kind of like sh- puppeteer kind of show that he puts on. And now for a third story in a row, uh, we get another reference and this one's back to the timeless child now. So we have two flux references and two Thomas child references. This time the doctor says, I, I recently learned I was adopted. And and now it's interesting because, again, I, I prefer the method of not completely ignoring to and addressing it and trying to do something with it than, than, and building upon it than, than just flat out trying to retcon something because I just, I just find the whole retconning things in, in, in any type of media fucking lame, to be honest. It just feels lame to me. To, to go, oh, like, I didn't like this, I'm going to do, I'm going to undo it or whatnot, and it's interesting that he's kind of taken it to this place, and now we've got a, a, a doctor and companion dynamic that is entirely unique because the doctor and his companion are now both foundlings, 
And so I, I was worried that they would go down a, a thing of like, oh, making this doctor like romantic with, um, like making this doctor ro- 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 like have some kind of romance with Ruby. And I'm so glad that it seems that's not going to be the case. And we're going to have a very interesting dynamic playing out here. Cherry and Color, like I said, are just really strong characters on their own. They're very interesting. It's a nice little family dynamic they're building. And I've always kind of liked Russell's like family dynamics that he builds with his companions because it feels lived in. It feels real. We're we're seeing the kind of world of the Doctor through the companions' eyes. Um yeah, I, I like this. I like this as a as a as a as a uh, you know as a beginning point. Now, obviously, um, we have the um, what's it called? Sorry, the um, the Doctor go back as the goblins interfere, and then and then Ruby gets kind of wiped out of out of time, and we get a bit of a Back to the Future two thing where the timeline's changed and then the doctor goes back and 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 sorts it all um which is a cool sequence as well serviceable all for christmas the story just holds together for me for christmas like the cracks are back in the ceiling when he returns they're not just undone when he gets back from you know fixing time which i liked because I, I didn't like the whole cracks in the road thing in the star beast so i was glad that that didn't all play out again and they just disappeared um, I don't mind the goblins just leaving by the end of it. That that didn't bother me for this for this Christmas story. Um, I thought it all held together pretty well. Um, it's clear that we're going to get stuff, like I said, with the mother. Like we know that that's coming, so that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. And with the with Ruby's parents, um, the Doctor saving Davina McCall, you know, tick from me, pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's interesting because there's there I can now see because I I know that Russell had said oh there's when I, when he was writing it there were things that he just found he couldn't fit all into the story while also trying to introduce Ruby so there's key things that are not in this story that'll be that'll play out over the next series um, and one of those is that and I I hadn't really thought about this until someone mentioned it but the Doctor hasn't like she Ruby doesn't know the Doctor's an alien yet. She works out by the end of it that he's a time traveller and it, and there's there's kind of shades and echoes of uh, similarities in the way that she draws a link to the time travel to how Rose did and how she came to her decision that she'd travel with the Doctor. You know, she, she, she was, you know, oh, okay, anywhere in time and space and all that. Yeah, no, not for me. Oh, by the way, it also travels in time. I'm in. This feels similar to that decision that Rose came to in that, you know, is there a clear line there where she's worked out he's a time traveler, therefore, well, he could just take her back and she could find out definitively who her birth, you know, mother was and her father, I suppose, as well from that, um, by just going back in to, you know, the 24th of uh, December back when she was, you know, left on the on the church steps. So is there going to be a way of explaining that away? Will that actually feature as a story in the future where similar to, like we get something similar to Father's Day where we learn the implications of time travel and this and that and like the, um, the, the rules but where the Doctor has to set that precedent and we can't just go back and interfere? 
guess we'll have to see how that plays out, but it's interesting to question. Um, but like I said, doesn't know he's an alien, doesn't know he has two hearts, doesn't know he's a Time Lord, of course. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there's lots for her to still learn that it'll be interesting to see how, how Russell handles that, because we've now watched him kind of feed information out slowly with Donna, with Martha, with Rose. How's he going to do it um, again in this new era? Like, how's he going to slowly feed that out? So that'll be interesting. Overall, um, like I said, I, I thought it was a really strong story. There's there's that kind of mid credit scene at the end with, um, is it Miss Flood? Is it? Is that her name? Miss Flood or something? Um, the neighbour, uh, Anita Dobson, I think, plays her. Something's going on there. Rumours will be abound, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure of that. Um, I think she'll be a new character, personally. I don't think they'll steep into classic, classic Crazy Who lore just yet with that character. Could just be as simple as that she's already had an adventure with the Doctor in the future from his perspective, but in the past from hers, where, like, you know, she's in episode two or something with the Beatles, or, like, she's in a different story, and... I don't know, like, maybe in the future they'll do an adventure with her and then all of a sudden you'll find out, oh my god, she's had an adventure back in the past, like, they were here at this similar area back in the past and they had an adventure with Miss Flood or something and now she's, and maybe she wasn't even the neighbour back then, but now she's the neighbour of Ruby by coincidence, maybe that's another coincidence they could feed off, who knows, but, the goblins, I mean, but, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if it'll be something like really crazy with her and how she knows of a TARDIS personally, but I guess we'll we'll have to see. But very good story. I would say it's Thunder um, Thunderbird one for me. Um, and and Josh had said I'll I'll find his messages here actually just while I'm. Where is it? Uh, Josh had said. Let's have a look. He said, Thunderbird 1 for me, high 1 perfect episode is what he'd said. Um, he said that that um, Ruby has Rose energy, she's really likeable um, and funny. She's, uh, he said that Shooty's such a unique doctor and so refreshing after David Tennant. He's got a lot of potential. He, he said he's got goat potential, greatest of all time potential. So Josh really liked him. Said he didn't even mind him dancing in the club. Thought it was pretty boss. Um, badass running across the roof. Uh, yeah, he, he he really liked it. Said he had laugh um, multiple times. Giddy joy. Um, like when the doctor's chatting to Cherry. That was a great scene, actually. Good point. Really good. Um, loved loved the family and just said he was relieved overall with this story and that it completely made up for um his disappointment in the 60th anniversary and does beg the question right because this this is where we could go from here it begs the question was it needed was the 60th anniversary needed look it was fun to see david tennant again i enjoyed seeing david back i enjoyed seeing Catherine tate back but i do come back to that whole think it undermines, it just undermines Catherine, like her initial ending in, in, in Journey's End, and I don't know how we move forward without, you know, 
because we now know that Rose is back. I'm, I'm talking about Yasmin Finney's Rose, not Billy Piper's Rose. Rose is back in, like, absolutely and definitively confirmed, which we already kind of knew, but she's now confirmed to be back uh, in the finale of Shooty Gatwa's first season, I believe it is. Um, it's in the trailer for the new season. Like... How are we not going to go, oh, where's Donald? Like, where's where's the Doctor? There's another Doctor on Earth. Like, where's the David Tennant Doctor? Like, it, I just, it raises a head scratcher. And look, Russell's smart enough, I suppose. Like, he'll, I'm sure he will know that that's something that people will say, like, and think when they see Rose turn up. So it'll be very interesting to see what the excuse is. For the Doctor not being around, I'd be very interested to see if there's a really great excuse that fixes this whole thing, but that we'll, we'll just have to see, um, yeah, but it just begs the question, was the 60th really, really needed, I guess as a mission statement, maybe, maybe after the where Doctor Who's been in the last few years, like you do go, okay, well, we, we came up with this whole idea in the first place of me coming back, like I'm talking about Russell T Davies now, because he was speaking with Catherine and David on text and whatnot after the Doctor Who lockdown things, and then they went, wouldn't it be great to come back? And then that spiralled, and all of a sudden, he's back running the show for a whole new Doctor and whatnot. So maybe you don't get one without the other, but yeah, it's just interesting to ask, isn't it? Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to ask the question, it was nice to see them back, like, I know it was the 60th anniversary, but, um, I'm not sure, I'm just not sure, to me, this, this brand new start was refreshing, it was exciting, it was the best of the specials because of that, um, and I just go, why didn't we get here sooner, like, why did we go on the, but, you know, I, I guess, okay, bring David Tennant back, get get the public consciousness back with eyes on Doctor Who, and then give Shooty Gatwa like 15 to what, 20 minutes of screen time, like something something like that, like longer than any other Doctor in the giggle to then have an easier transition into this new era. Well, I guess if that's if that's the whole plan, mission accomplished, but the bio-regeneration, it's, it's, it's uh, mellowed on me, but I still just think a clean regeneration is what was needed between these two doctors personally um but let's see let's see now let's talk about the new let's talk about the the incoming season people i think we should i really do i think we need to talk about that trailer um now the thing that's really interesting with this, so we get the trailer, um, there's there's some shots of clifftops, there's some shots of like a Demogorgon kind of Stranger Things like monster, there's shots of like, you know, what looked to be Tractators almost, updated Tractators maybe, I don't know if that, that's pretty fucking niche, but um, that's what it looked like I thought, and I think a, lot, a few other people have said that as well, but um, I'm guessing there will probably be new monsters, um, I don't think they look exactly like Tractators, but anyway, if they were, that'd be interesting, lol, um, there was, oh god, is his name Jonathan Gruff, goodness me, god I'm terrible, um, 
but he was in there in the in the kind of regency kind of era, which was cool. And the Doctor looked great in that outfit as well. Just looked sick. Um, calling the guy a cat or something. That was pretty cool. Like, the guy pulls out a uh, gun at one point. It looks like to be like a ray gun kind of thing. Very an, um, anachronistic. And, yeah, that's that's interesting. That, that he did that because that that now leads into something that we should we got to talk about now we know in that story we've got the Duchess like beware the Duchess being played by um, the actress who played Susie in Torchwood uh, I'm gonna find her name and then we've got things to talk about uh, her name Indira Varma playing the Duchess, and we know that Jonathan Gruff, I think that's his name, apologies if it's not, um, is in the story, and now we know that he's kind of got like a ray gun kind of thing, there's something I want to talk about with that, I, I'm very interested, but what else is in the trailer before we do that, Doctor stepping on like a, a landmine, hmm, very interesting, very interesting, um, what else? We saw the Beatles. They didn't really look like the Beatles to me, like the actual actors. But you know, there's only like one shot of them there, or two shots of them, so it was hard to see. But they didn't really look like, you know, they'd been cast because they looked like them personally. But anyway, we'll see. Doctor wearing his kind of drip kind of like um, '60s outfit with his kind of afro was sick. The TARDIS look like multiple different colors of the TARDIS, like look really cool to me. Um, yeah, like like I just love that this new Tardis can change its color scheme and does in the in the season. It looks really sick. Um, what else was there? The Doctor in like his leather jacket, like on the back of the moped with Mel. We see Rose confirmed, like I said. Um, now let's talk about what I wanted to get to. Now there was a leak, like a um. Well, I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll 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 see if I've got the context. I screenshot. I can't find it again. It's it's a little bit annoying actually. But essentially, someone had had broken down the the beat for beat plot points of the Christmas special, which were absolutely accurate. And then they had said, "Oh, I've also got some other information." This and then they said this was from the Alice leaker, um, who is the one who leaked actual dialogue and and things that that happened in wild blue yonder that were that were that were accurate and so it's interesting because knowing that that there's leaks from that person that t- turned out to be true when i read them and this was all on reddit by the way reddit i know lol when I read them, I mean, okay, I'll take these with a pinch of salt because there's no way to, to verify if this actually is the same Alice Leaker, this person just saying that that these are certain things that will happen in the new season and that apparently they came from the Alice Leaker, but they had said in their own thing, take it with a grain of salt. What's interesting is that there's there's a there's a 
particular, I haven't really seen anyone mention this, and maybe not everyone's across these leaks, but there was a key thing that they mentioned. I'm glad I screenshotted it because I can't find it anymore. But this was a week or so ago now, a bit over a week ago that I read these. And one of the leaks was so kind of specific that it would be the biggest coincidence that that it happened in the trailer. Like one of the exact moments happened in the trailer. And if that's to be believed, the entire leak that they put out for this new season could be dead set bang on, which is extremely interesting. So I want to go through and talk about from episode one to episode eight and the Christmas special beyond there, what they have mentioned and I think there's extremely interesting implications here. Now, they've said for episode one, I don't know if this is actually the title, but they've put in brackets Space Babies. I don't know if that's a working title, don't know if it's an actual title, don't know if it's just a quick description in brackets of what the episode will be about, right? Space Babies. They've put set mostly in space with eight children in filming. Now, since that, has well look we we did know that there were babies during the filming um well we know that um this looks to be the demigorgon type stuff based on what Shooty Gat was wearing in the trailer and what Millie Gibson's wearing in the trailer um it looks to be uh, the Demigorgon-like monster thing is in episode one. I also note that there was a shot where you can see in the background, I think that it's the Doctor in the foreground, um, I think you can see in the background it looks like almost like baby kind of like embryo things in like jar things in the background of one shot. And on the clip that was at the end of the Church on Ruby Road, um, Doctor Who Unleashed, they have a little preview of the next story and the word space station is used, so it looks like it's set on a space station, and you've got like, yeah, like I said, like this Demogorgon-like thing, don't know if that's the main antagonist or just a monster working for the villain or whatever, and you've got the baby embryo things that look to be there, that's just, and and this had said set mostly in space, and we didn't know that before last week, we knew there was babies in filming, didn't know it was mostly in space, well the space station line could indicate that that's true, that's one thing, okay, so that's episode one, that's all we got for that. Episode two, this is one of the ones we know the most of already in general, The Devil's Chord is the title that Russell T Davies has said is actually the title, so they've put that here, The Devil's Chord in the leaks, now remember, this is these, these leaks are older, so I think that The Devil's Chord title in this predates when he had confirmed this, which is interesting. Set in the 1960s, Afro Shooty, American drag queen Jinx Monsoon is playing um, the villain, the Doctor and Ruby recreate the Abbey Road cover, meet the Beatles, and the episode is described as a musical. So there we go, more information on this musical, and then um, meet the Beatles. We, we had Russell recently say that, you know, the Beatles will be in it, and then the trailer confirms their actual presence, like, on the screen. Well, there you go. That's already in this leak as well. Now, this is the one that I'm the most interested in and to me was extremely specific and, well, let's I'll just read it. This is for episode three. 
By the way, we haven't heard much of this one up until now. Futuristic Warzone, directed by Julie Ann Robinson. The Clerics Return. These are the clerics from Series 5. So this is like, it says in brackets, River Song's Soldier Boys. So so the clerics, they, they were in Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone. They were in A Good Man Goes to War. And as far as I'm aware, the last time we saw them was in the the um, the Church of the Papal Mainframe in Time of the Doctor, Matt Smith's last story. It says here, they're fighting a war. Set will have a lot of ruins. This will be like a very sci-fi episode, it sounds like. The Doctor will step on a landmine and is stuck for a good portion of the episode. Speculated to accommodate sex education filming at the time. So we saw the Doctor stand on a landmine in the trailer for this new series. Now, I got this from Reddit, from this source, who's already mentioned things about the Devil's Court as a title for episode two, has mentioned the Beatles, has mentioned episode one in space, which from the clip on Doctor Who Unleashed looks to be the case, space station story, it seems for the most part. They've said that the clerics are back, that they're fighting a war, and that the Doctor steps on a landmine, and it sounds like a Doctor Light story where, because he was filming Sex Education, they 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 found a way to, to kind of get him out of the story for a bit of it, and he's on this landmine for most of this story. That's extremely interesting, because we see the landmine in the trailer 100%. This leak sounds like it is dead set. This came out before the trailer, people. The biggest part of this is that the last line for episode 3's spoiler here, rumoured to be written by Moffat. There's no confirmation here, but it's rumoured to be written by Moffat. The clerics are back. Is Moffat, has he got an idea with them? He's done Dr. Light before. He wrote a Dr. Light. He was tasked with writing a Dr. Light back in the original David Tennant run. He ended up writing a story that's regarded as one of the best of all time in Blink, where the Doctor is not in it much. Has Russell commissioned him to write another Doctor Light story, and he's come through and gone, I'm going to bring back the clerics and do something with this. This is my most anticipated story of the season now. So I'm extremely interested in that. Now let's move on from that. Episode 4 and 5. Says 4 slash 5 question mark. Big slug absorbing civilians. Roger Apick William as a politician dubbed the space saviour. Kate Stewart is here with unit, potentially a two-parter. Or just R.A.G. in one of these episodes. Oh, as in like Roger Apick William in just one of these episodes. Um, we believe that this one is set in 2046, I believe. Like it's set in the near future of Earth. Um, how Kate's there, I'm not sure. Is it an like dressed up Kate that's older, um, is part of the story set in modern, and then we go to the future, and then he's there, and we've got the slugs, how do they tie into each other, like, and I'm guessing they're in cahoots with this dude, are they the Tractators, I don't know, um, yeah, let's see, very interested in that, 
partially probably set in modern times if Kate's there and then it'll be in the future I'm guessing but we'll see but Kate there before returning in the finale I think she'll be there in the finale I think that might be the episode where Kate and uh, Ruby have a bit of a moment and Ruby ends up leaving and crying and people have speculated that she might be the birth mother of Ruby we'll have to see anyway interesting Episode 6, written by Kate Heron and Bryony Redman, set in the Regency era. We've seen images of Shooty Gatwa and Jonathan Groff in attire for the time period. Yes, Groff plays a time agent who apparently kisses the Doctor. Okay, sounds like kind of Russell's going for that parting of the ways kind of thing, where he had Jack kind of kiss the Doctor at one point in that story. Um... Is it a new love interest for this Doctor? Well, I do recall a rumour a while ago saying that Russell had plans for something like Captain Jack and then, you know, John Barrowman kind of got cancelled, which I love. I, that was years ago. And anyway, I think we can move past that, but that's that's a whole different story. Like retroactively cancelling people is a different story. We're not going to go into it here on this podcast. Anyway, um... I heard that there was plans for Captain Jack uh, in another rumour and that they brought in this Jonathan Groff um, to play a, a similar like time agent where they'll do the kind of things they were going to do with the Captain Jack character, but they'll do it with a new time agent. Now, when he pulls out the gun in the trailer, that very much is anachronistic to the point where you go, he could be an undercover time agent. That That absolutely could happen. So keep that in mind. Very, very interesting to think about. Now, another thing to note about this one that's here in the uh, spoilers is that it does say uh, Indria Varma as the Duchess, right? Speculated to be a Time Lord. Now, the Duchess sounds very much like a Time Lord title. The Doctor, the Master, the Duchess, you could absolutely see that, right? The Duchess has Birdmen for henchmen. Hmm. Now, I want to say something that I thought was quite interesting. Um, like, there's... I'll, I'll see if I can find it here. Someone mentioned on this forum, I'll go, go look up... Um, go, go use Google Translate. Because the way... I'll just, I'll, let me just clarify this for you as well. The Duchess... Um, confirmed spelling on Russell T Davies' Instagram is D-U-C-H-E-S-S-S, right? That's who she's playing. Now, go have a look if you haven't seen what she looks like. Um, she's in season one of Torch, which is a very good actress. She, I think, was, I believe she was the, um, the kind of rebel spy officer in the latest Obi-Wan series for Disney+, Plus. right? Now, Think about her and what she looked like. She's in the trailer as well uh, for this new season where she's got a line saying like, oh, this is new or something, I think. Um, have a look at her look. Now, Duchess, now someone said go and, go and write Duchess and, and tr- use Google Translate and, and, and put it through it in Hindi. And I did that. And it comes out as R-A-A-N-E-E Rani. That is interesting, isn't it? She's actually got Indian heritage, I believe. Um, the actress. Rani. 
and the character speculated to be a Time Lord. See, I've seen people say that Miss Flood um, might be the Rani. See, I actually think Miss Flood could be just someone we've never met. It could be Ruby from the future. It could be, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I don't think Miss Flood is the Rani. I don't think it's Miss Hill the Master. I think it's probably someone new. But this character, the Duchess, and Henchman as well. The Rani's used Henchman before. She used those bat-like creatures. They're kind of bird-like creatures in Time and the Rani. So I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. You know, I actually remember seeing a while ago when Russell made a post and said, oh, um, I'm going to, like, when he, I think he made a post about Doctor Who all being on, you know, the iPlayer. It was, it was out. Go watch it. Go enjoy it. All 800 episodes of Doctor Who. I remember a commenter saying on his post, oh, excellent. I'll be starting with Time and the Rani or something. They were just making a bit of a joke going, you know, I'm going to go watch Time and the Rani, which is, you know, notably um, a story that people consider one of the worst of, of Doctor Who. And they kind of made a bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment. And he responded, excellent choice. And I thought nothing of it at the time. I thought it was a bit of a laugh, you know, excellent choice, X, you know, ha And then I go, interesting. Maybe the Rani is coming back. Because Russell's in a unique position now where the Time Lords have come back since he, you know, was the showrunner. Like, the Doctor saved Gallifrey. And then it was back for a while, and then the Tom's Child thing happened, but there's this whole period where Gallifrey was fine before the Master, you know, redestroyed, and whether or not that, you know, keeps, I'm sure that'll change in the future, but he could bring back more Time Lords now. Now, some people are speculating, like, the music maker to be maybe something along the lines of the the, the woman that, uh, the, uh, sorry, Jinx Monsoon's character in, um, what's it called, in episode two, The Devil's Court. Um... Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it is the music maker. You know. I don't know. Uh, or something along those lines. Like, in 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 essence, it it, it maybe the person that picked up the um, the ring. Or that sorry, the tooth. Not that I'm thinking about that the last of the time was, but the but the the tooth at the end of the giggle. Is that Jinx Monsoon that did that? We'll have to see. Um, are they playing like a character that's in the same vein of the Toymaker where they've come through? We know that the legions of the Toymaker are on their way from um, what the Toymaker said and Russell said that's absolutely happening. And he's kind of done this to open the floodgates and bring other characters through. Eternals, the Black Guardian, the White Guardian... Omega, is he the one who waits? Like, are we bringing through more mythical kind of characters in Doctor Who lore, bigger characters um, like that? So we'll have to see. But the Rani actually could be a dead set possibility for that story. So I'm really interested to see that because it would be cool to have someone like the Rani as a reoccurring Time Lord villain in the new Shudigatwe era that's not the Master. I actually think that would be sick. So let's see, stand by on that. Episode 7, 8. I'll let you know what we've got here. 
Likely a two-part final features the return of Mel, the Doctor and Mel on a motorcycle set between present day and 1947 Roswell, rumoured to feature the Daleks, but take this with a grain of salt. Um, there was another rumour that had come out saying, which I, I don't think that one was true, um, personally, but anyway, I'll have to see, like, rumours saying that, um, I mean, again, well, I just have to see, but there were rumours suggesting that they would play out a Valyard story over the Doctor's, this, this new Doctor's tenure where, um, slowly over his first season, he would have older doctors flash in his in his mind or dreams or something and try and warn him of his future and that this doctor was headed for the valley yard essentially and um that that would kind of all come to a head around should he get was kind of final season if he was to do say three seasons which there's no confirmation of yet but that was what the rumor suggested so that's interesting um I don't really think that that'll be true, but I'm pretty sure that same leak said that the finale would see the return of the Daleks and that they were a small surviving band of Daleks, which I kind of actually do like the idea of. Again, don't think it'll be true, but I like the idea of, you know, there's not many Daleks left in the universe. And apparently they would be a small band of Dalek survivors um, from a future where the Valyard Doctor has has pretty much destroyed every Dalek, and these are just the remains here in this finale that we see, so we're kind of meeting them out of order of what the Doctor will meet them. So, who knows if that's any, that's true, I don't think those, I think these are much likely, more, um, more likely to be true, but definitely some interesting things there. So, potential Rani, potential Tractators, I mean... <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Who is uh, Anita Dobson playing as the woman? Who are Ruby's birth parents? Lots to lots to talk about. What did you think of the church on Ruby Road? Thundernerd1 is go at gmail.com. Email us, let us know. If you've got questions, let us know. We'd love to answer some questions for you or give our thoughts on anything you'd like to get our thoughts on. Um, yeah, like I said, Josh, hopefully we'll get him back soon, um, because I really want to get the retrospect retrospectives back up and running for you guys. Um, as big news drops, I will continue to wrap it up for you and let you know, but yeah, really want to get the retrospectives, um, back up and running. Thundernerd1 or Thunderbird1 for me and Josh for the Church on Ruby Road. Really enjoyed it. Email us if you'd like to. Let us know what you think. Like the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Subscribe for more because we will drop more and, you know, get the notification bells on so you know when they're dropping. Thundernerds, switching to horizontal flight. We're out. Catch you later.